Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. We are on the third week of our series, Storyteller. Really quick, because this is has looked a little different over the past two weeks. Um, I want to catch you up. I want to make sure that we, we all are on the same page. The first week of this series, I told you that you are not the star of the story. We often try and make it about us, but it's not. It's his story, and he invites us to be a part of his story. I told you there's two sides to every story, and Proverbs 18 and 17 says, any story sounds true until someone tells the other side and sets the record straight. Well, Jesus came to set the record straight with our lives because we have this bad habit of wanting to tell the wrong side of the story. And when you make it about you, you're always going to make, or you're always going to share the wrong side of the story. Your life is going to tell one of two stories, and so choose to tell his story and not your own. Then last week was Support Staff Appreciation Day, and man, I thank you for blessing our staff. They so deserve what what you blessed them with, the offering that you gave them. Thank you for blessing them. Um, I told you that great victories are not won by individuals. Great victories are won by armies made up of willing individuals. And in Exodus chapter 2, Moses was feeling completely inadequate for his assignment. God was ready to write the story of not only the life of Moses, but the exodus out of Egypt and the assignment that he had called him to. Um, But Moses was feeling extremely inadequate. And so in Exodus chapter 4, while Moses was unsure about his abilities, God sends Aaron to him to help him fulfill his God-given assignment. He told him, he says, he is already on the way. God sends him help to help finish the story. And I told you, God's story is too big to tell by yourself. God's story is way too big for us to try and accomplish on our own. We're not meant to do that. And we need to realize that God has already dispatched help, that no matter where you're at right now, God already has help on the way. Amen? There was once a disgruntled employee who simply didn't feel like going to work one morning. And so he called his boss and he offered an excuse as to why he could not work that day. And I guess you could say he was telling a story. He was lying. The next day when he arrived at work, the boss asked the employee, he says, Do you believe in life after death? And the employee replied, he said, Yes, sir, I do. And the boss said, Well, that's good. Because while you were at your grandmother's funeral yesterday, she stopped in to see you. I know that we would all be amazed if we were to see a real-life resurrection. I know we would be. But what I'm more interested in seeing right now, this day, and this hour, is that I want to see people with a pulse come alive with a testimony of what God has done in their lives. That's what I want to see. Because there's far too many people that are defeated because they have not figured out yet the power of their testimony. You see, circumstances have a way of sucking the life right out of us. One of the worst experiences in life, or one of of the many experiences that you have in life, no matter how bad it is, all of these experiences and these struggles that we have in life, they can often leave us feeling numb. They can often leave us feeling dead. 
And the enemy of your soul is trying to steal your joy. What he's trying to do is to silence your story. That's what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to get you to stop talking about what God is doing in your life. He knows that we overcome him. We overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so he knows that if he can render you silent, if he can get you to that place, then he has you defeated. And today I want to speak about a man that was living a great, great God-fearing life. And, and this is a, a very well-known story. If you know your Bible, uh, this was a guy that trusted God and he was very blessed. And so I want you to turn with me in your Bible to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. You can't talk about life's struggles without talking about Job. You have to mention Job. And, and let me say this while you're turning to Job chapter 1. I, I want to remind you that the book of Job in your Bible is not a fairy tale. It's not a made-up story. Remembering that our Bible is a history book, we have to look at it and we have to, to read this story and we have to take it at its word that this happened. And we have to treat it as history. Many scholars believe that the book of Job is actually probably one of the oldest books of the Bible. And so if you really want to get down to the heart of God and you want to figure out the character of God a little bit, why not go back to Job and, and, and realize, okay, there's something to, to be said here. There's something that we can pull from these pages and we might learn a little bit more about God and a whole lot more about us. Job chapter 1, I'm going to start reading at verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. So this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. The Bible just set this up for you, letting you know that Job was a very, very rich man. Job was well-to-do. Job had things right in his life. When it came to his finances, when, he, when it, when it comes to his properties, Job had everything lined up just right. He was a blessed man. Verse 6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. This bothers me. It disturbs me to read verses like this. It really bothers me today because I've read this passage wrong for so many years. 
I've even taught this passage wrong for so many years. And for some reason this week it jumps out at me and, and I can't help but, but, but just share this with you. So, for so long I, I, I've taught that, that Satan came before the presence of the Lord and he said, what about Job? What about Job? You give me Job, you let me, you let me curse him, you let me put some things on his life that he's not expecting and he'll curse you. That's that's what I pictured. But what bothers me with this, this history lesson here, what bothers me with this moment in time is that Satan never mentioned Job. God did. God looks at Satan and says, where have you been? I've been walking around the earth, going to and fro, here and there. Job is not even on Satan's radar at this moment. And God is the one that brings Job into the situation. Just out of the blue. Have you considered my servant Job? And if this doesn't concern you, if this doesn't bother you, something is wrong with you. Because nobody wants to go through what Job had to go through. Nobody wants to walk that path. Nobody wants to, to write that life story. Nobody. Even if you know the outcome, nobody wants to experience that kind of pain. And if I'm reading it correctly, God is actually the one that brings up Job. He's actually the one that says, consider him. I love coaching. It's one of my passions. Not just sports. I love coaching people. I just I, I, I love the position that God has put me in in so many areas of my life. And I, I love being able to, to coach people. I remember this past summer we were playing summer ball with Newberry High School. And there was my son, he was he's on the team, and, and there was this one game during the summer ball tournament that, that Caleb just came alive and, and just started shooting lights out, put up 18 points on Dunellen. I thought about it as I was reminiscing this week about where we're at. We're getting ready to, to go into our basketball season. I started thinking about it. Do you know how crazy it would be for a coach to go to another coach before the game? And to look at him and say, hey, you need to watch out for number three. Have you considered number three? Number three is a great shooter. If you leave him open, you're going to regret it. Do not leave him open. There's not a coach on this planet that wants to, unless he's gambled on the game and he intentionally wants to lose. There is no coach, on, unless his name is Pete Rose, there is no coach on this planet that really wants to do that. You don't want to show your cards. You don't want anyone to know who your best players are. You don't want to tell the opposing coach secrets that they don't know. Consider this star. Consider this player. But it's kind of what God does. Job is a righteous man. A God-fearing man is what the Bible tells us. And God just kind of throws him under the bus. 
I mean, when you read it, essentially that's what God does. Have you considered, Job, Satan, I know that you have come to pick a fight. I know that you are out to prove something right now. But have you considered Job, my servant? Have you considered him? He's a star. He's got it all together. He, he knows how to trust me. But have you really considered this guy? Listen, you think you've had a bad day? Listen to the attack on Job's life. One day, his oxen are out plowing, and the donkeys are grazing, and life is just really good at this moment. Life's good on the ranch, and the Sabians attack, and they kill all of his workers and take his animals. Next, fire fell from the sky and burned up his sheep and his shepherds. It's a bad day. Then the Chaldeans came and three different bands of them sweep through and they took all of his camels and they slayed even more of his servants. Then his sons and his daughters were gathered together for a feast and the Bible says that a strong wind came and the, uh, and the house collapsed and killed all of his children right there. His wife looks at him and says, you just should curse God and die. You know, go ahead and get this misery over with. Curse God and die and, and, and we'll all be better because of it. He has these three friends and, and these three friends accuse him of having sin in his life and that God is punishing him because that's what good friends do, right? You mean your life is falling apart. What did you do wrong? And it's troubling that Job is the picture-perfect believer. And God allows him to go through such hardship. I mean, seriously? God, I come to church every week. God, I tithe. God, I pray. God, I volunteer. You could at least warn a brother, right? Today, I want you to hear the story of a couple that seemed to have it all. And I pray that these storytellers inspire you to trust God with your life today. July 2005 at one of many youth camps uh, I never was expecting to meet uh, my future wife. Little did I know my friends had a bet going that I would be scoping out the guys for someone new even though I had a boyfriend at the time it wasn't anything serious because I was only 14 and so that week I happened to notice Jake. And Alexis late as usual uh, as she walked in time stood still and I knew in that moment didn't know that you know fully God's plan at that moment but knew there was something special about her and as the week played out it definitely showed on the weekend after church camp got over a bunch of us that met at church camp were all gonna get together um, just to hang out and slowly one by one different ones couldn't make it and so Jake ended up coming to hang out that weekend and every weekend after that since pretty much and the rest is history after dating for about four years, we knew that marriage was something that we wanted to pursue. I remember very vividly the morning of buying the ring and that same afternoon talking to her dad, uh, asking her hand in marriage and explaining that at the moment, not having a job, how financial aid was my best guess on how I was going to support uh, our new family. And so five days after my 18th birthday, Jake proposed to me and then we got married in 
getting married so young gave us a lot of opportunity to kind of get to know one another. But after about five years into our marriage, we started talking and really wanted to start a family together. In August of 2014, we found out that we were expecting our first baby. I remember jumping up and down in the, in the kitchen together, just kind of holding each other and smiling. Couldn't, I didn't stop smiling for probably 20, 30 minutes straight. We couldn't wait to tell everybody and we um, got some professional pictures made. It was in the fall of the year, so we decided that we would get these um, fall pictures with pumpkins made to tell everyone on Facebook. Um, we just like couldn't wait to get the word out and tell everybody our exciting news. As soon as we had shared our pictures and, and good news with family and friends, uh, almost immediately things took a turn for the worst. And I remember thinking in that moment, you know, we've been blessed our entire life. There's no way that something bad can happen. On October 18th, 2014, exactly a year ago today, we found out um, and got confirmation that we had lost the baby. I remember the moment of sitting in the ER together with family. Uh, a little bit in disbelief at what we were being told, uh, managed to keep it together um, until the ride home. It was one of the hardest moments of my life. I remember trying to, to call my dad. There was no words. I remember getting home. Still still crying, still sobbing. And you know, walking outside. It was a, a cool night. And just screaming at the top of my lungs. You know, asking God, why? I we've been in church our entire life. You know, we we've we've believed, we've had faith. Um, it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. I didn't understand how this could happen in this moment. I never felt so alone, so isolated in, in a single moment. October 18th fell on a Saturday last year, and um, we didn't find out until really late that night that we had miscarried. So the next morning, we obviously weren't at DCC. Um, but during both services, Pastor Rocky had everyone reach their hands towards High Springs and um, say a prayer for us. And the peace that we felt in that moment, there's just no way that it could have come from anywhere else other than God and from every one of your prayers that day. And there's just no way we would have gotten through that day without you all. Um, I knew that we couldn't wallow in our sadness and anger and um, how we hold ourselves together during this time could be a life-changing example to others because if we have Christ in our hearts and we handle this situation by getting mad at God, why is that going to make anyone else want what we have and the relationship that we have with God? So I knew that how we handled ourselves throughout this was extremely important to um, minister to those around us during this time. To be honest, that was new for us. We 
had always been told, you know, just believe in God, you know. People all the time in church, we grew up in church, were sick or something bad would happen. And in that moment, it was so easy just to say, hey, just look at the Bible and all the examples there. It's easy, just, just trust God. And it wasn't until this moment that it became very real and a lot more challenging to have faith in something when you don't get to understand, you don't get to have an answer of why this is important or why this has to happen this way. We don't always get to know those answers. I would ask why the next year and still don't know why it had to happen that way, but I know what God did for us from that moment on is where our testimony really is. As we were left picking up the pieces of our lives, it more than anything brought us together as we kind of you know, fully relied on each other and on God to kind of put things back together to bring peace into our lives. Back in March of this year, um, we found out that we were expecting again. And so um, I was able to go home and tell Jake the good news again. Um, I remember I gave him a bag of candy and it said, if, um, if I'm going to get fat, then you're going to get fat with me. <laughs> the one thing that I will say is being as low as we were, going through this pregnancy together now has been spectacular. You, you relish and enjoy every moment, every doctor's visit, every heartbeat that you get to hear is is so much more intense um, after being brought through what we what we've been through yeah you don't realize what a huge blessing and um, how big of a deal it is to have a healthy pregnancy and come out on the other end with a healthy baby um, it happens every day but it also doesn't happen for a lot of people every day um, but today we are almost 36 weeks pregnant with our um, second pregnancy and um, hopefully Carson will be making her debut in about a month. We may not understand God's reasons for everything but one thing that we do know is if we wouldn't have been through everything that we went through Carson would not exist and we know that God has huge plans for her life. Jake, Alexis, will you guys stand? Thank you guys for sharing your story with us today. It's so ironic to me that we do this series and the day is that actual day, a year ago, they found out that they had lost the baby. The day that we filmed was actually Pregnancy and Infant Loss Remembrance Day. And it just kind of snuck up on us. None of us really knew and didn't put all of that together. But it just kind of shows you God's timing and how God takes a life. And yeah, there may be moments when God lifts the hedge of protection up from around our lives, but you have to trust that there's a purpose behind God's plan during a moment like that. When you don't have faith in God, God still has faith in you. When it's hard for you to believe, 
God has not stopped believing in you, and there is something within you. There's something in your character. There's something in your being that he wants to pull out of you for the world to see during moments like that. It's part of your story, and it's part of the story that he's living through you. And when God does that, it's not just for you. It is for many other people, for them to experience your pain, your loss, your trial. And he puts your life on display so that others can be blessed through what you're going through. Have you considered my servant Job? He wasn't throwing him under a bus. He was saying, I believe in Job. I believe that he is going to trust me. That it's not just about the riches. That it's not just about the health. I believe that he truly trusts me. And I'm going to use him for generations to come to teach people that I believe in them. Have you ever thought that some of the trials that you go through at times, that maybe God has lifted the protection from around your life just for a season because he's adding to your story, because your story is going to be what he uses to reach so many? When life is so tough that you're not sure if you believe in God, God says, I still believe in you. And when God believes in you, your story is never over. It's never over. Job chapter 42, and I'm going to read this very quick, but I want you to, to grab hold of this because God wasn't done with Job. Listen to what he does. Job 42 and verse 10. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Listen to verse 12. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Don't miss that. He blessed his latter days more than his beginning. Jake, Alexis, your latter days will be blessed more. You thought you were blessed before the trial. Your latter days will be blessed more. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He had also seven sons and three daughters. It's tough. It's tough having to go through it. But what an honor it is for God to trust you with a trial. But pastor, you don't understand. I do understand. I've been through it. We've been through enough. And this isn't my story today. I'm not trying to tell my story. But we've been through enough to where I know what it's like to go through hard times. Trust me. We've been there. And there's people around this room that I know some of your stories. And I'm telling you, God is not finished, but he loves you enough and he trusts you enough and he believes in you enough that he gives you the privilege of letting his story of grace and mercy and triumph flow through your life to bless so many. You know, if a Christian never had to face a difficult time, we would never need a Savior and the world wouldn't see the need for us or see the need for them to accept the Savior that we have. It's during our times of trials and troubles that we need a Savior the most. And there's people in this room today that you're struggling right now and you're going through some trials. And I want you to know God's ready. God's ready to tell you, I believe in you. I trust in you. Even when you doubt me, I know that I can trust in you. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. 
We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.